prisms like this one that belongs to Sennacherib were made by the Assyrian kings. But I want you to look at this one. It's the prism of Ezahaddon, the son of Sennacherib. Ezahaddon ruled from 681 to 669 BC in Assyria. And on this prism, he mentions a very infamous king of Judah, southern part of Israel. The king's name was Manasseh. He ruled from 697 to 642 BC. He was actually the son of Hezekiah. Notice what the prism says about Manasseh. He says, I commanded the kings from the region of Haiti, as well as the areas on the other side of the Euphrates, including Balu, king of Tyre, Manasseh, king of Judah. A total of 22 kings from Haiti, the seashore and the islands, all of them were given the difficult task of transporting building materials to my palace in Nineveh, the city over which I am king. So you notice the mention of Manasseh. But there's more. This little bullet here, or seal impression, is believed by some to be that of this same king, King Manasseh. Now this king was actually pretty gross. He worshipped Baal, the god of the weather, for which human sacrifice was part of all that. He worshipped the stars of the zodiac in the temple of God in Jerusalem itself. And he practiced human sacrifice on his own children. He used witchcraft and sorcery and he consulted the so-called spirits of the dead. Now the Bible also says he filled Jerusalem with blood from one end to the other. In other words, he was terribly gross, this guy, terribly evil man. And God tried to turn him from his evil ways through the prophets that he sent to him. But he refused to listen. It's even believed that he actually sawed Isaiah in two by using a wooden a wood saw to quit quiet his voice so that he couldn't disrupt his conscience. Finally, God allowed the Assyrians to take him off to the city of Babylon where he was in prison. I want you to notice what the Bible says about this. It was while he was in prison that God spoke to him in the prison and he realized the foolishness of his ways and turned back to God. God spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they wouldn't listen. Therefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh with hooks, bound him with bronze fetters, and carried him off to Babylon. Now when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed to him, and he received his entreaty, heard his supplication, and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. That's from 2 Chronicles 33, 10-13. Think of it. What amazing grace and love and kindness by God towards such a rebel. The fact that Manasseh's name is recorded on Ezahaddon's prism assures us that the story of Manasseh and his change of heart is absolutely rock-solid true. It actually reminds me of John Newton, the slave trader. But let me tell you his story in the context of the collapse of apartheid in South Africa and its celebration at a rock concert in Wembley Stadium. You see, we go back to the time of apartheid when Nelson Mandela, thanks to him, brought that thing crashing down. And so this rock concert was held there in the Wembley Stadium in London. For some reason, the organisers had decided that the final item would be taken by an opera diva, an opera singer of all people. Imagine, a concert, rock concert with heavy metal, 
and opera singers. Well, that's the way they had organised it. Now we go into the dressing room where the opera diva, whose name was Jessie Norman, an Afro-American woman, was preparing to go out on stage. But before she goes out, she's uh, interviewed by the camera crew. And they say, Jessie, what are you going to sing? She says, I'm going to sing the song Amazing Grace. Well, why are you going to sing that song? They ask her. And so she tells the story of the man who wrote it, John Newton. She says that John Newton was brought up by his mum, but his mum died when he was seven years of age. And he then went to sea by the age of 10 with his father. Not a good life for a kid. As Newton grew up, he became more and more violent. Became a heavy drinker, and when he got drunk, man, you didn't want to be around him. Well, eventually Newton owned his own ship, and he was plying the seas from Africa to the Caribbean, selling human cargo, slaves. Now, in those days of slavery, of the slave trade, the idea was to stack as many slaves on a boat as you could. So they were stacked them in like books on a bookshelf because they knew they were going to lose a certain number through death on the way. So they needed to have as many in there at the beginning so that they'd make enough money at the end. A terribly inhumane practice. Well, one day, Newton's sailing the sea when his ship hit a tremendous storm. It nearly tore that ship apart. And Newton thought his days were numbered, that the ship was going to go down. But miraculously, four days later, it came through that storm, very badly damaged. But Newton knew that God had saved the ship and his life. And he began to read the Bible. And as he read the Bible, his life began to be changed. He gave up his slave trade and eventually became a minister of the gospel. And after his experience, he wrote the song, Amazing Grace, the grace of God that had changed his life. So Jessie finishes the story and then she goes out onto the stage to sing her item. As she gets onto the stage there in Wembley Stadium, the kids start to get angry. There's no backing band for Jessie Norman, but she stands her ground even though they're booing and they're hissing and she begins to sing the song Amazing Grace. By the time she gets to the end of the first verse, the stadium has gone quiet. When she gets to the second and third verses, the kids start to join in with her as they try to remember the words of the song from their Sunday school days and so on. By the end of the song, the whole stadium is singing the song. When we've been there 10,000 years bright, shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Well, Jessie finishes the song and she goes back into the dressing room and she's met by the camera crew there and they ask her, Jessie, what happened out there? Those kids were nearly ready to tear you apart. Well, the truth was, it was amazing grace. You see, it was God's amazing grace to a wretch like Manasseh, that Manasseh king who was recorded on Ezahaddon's seal. That grace changed his life. And it was that same grace that changed John Newton and that calmed those young people in that Wembley Stadium that night. And you know, it's the same grace that can change you and me if we'll just say, God, you know my life. You know the mess that it's in. Please forgive me. Please change me. Please do it now. Let me assure you, he really will. 